word. I just want to begin by reading some scripture, and then we're going to pray uh, this morning. I call these All In. The, the series that I'm beginning today is All In. Will you say that with me? All In. Good, good, good. I'm going to have read 10 scriptures. These are code red scriptures, code red. And what I mean by code red is Jesus said this, code red. Will you say that with me, code red? Good, good, good. These are all in type of scriptures. Matthew 10, 38. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Matthew 16, 24, and Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Will you say that with me, deny himself? himself. And take up his cross and follow me. Matthew 10, 39, he who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Matthew 5, 44, but I say to you, love your enemies. <laughs> In church, that sounds so easy. Monday through Friday is tough. <laughs> Somebody flip you off on the road and try to break in your home or love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you John 12 25 he who loves his life will lose it and he who hates his life in the world will keep it for eternal life Matthew 4 19 then he said to them follow me and I'll make you fishers of men Matthew 8, 22, but Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury the dead, their own dead. Luke 9, 23, then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Luke 9, 24, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Luke 9, 25, for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost. Ten all-in scriptures. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this moment in time. Thank you that you're here. Thank you that you want to transform us. Our goal is to become more like you every day. We say, have your way this morning, Holy Spirit. Father, send your word to heal. Send your word to transform us. God, speak to every heart. I pray for those that don't believe today that you would open their eyes and their ears. I pray for the prodigal that they would come home. I pray for the believer, God, that we would become closer to you. Father, have your way now in this place. In Jesus' name, and everyone said... Those scriptures, all in scriptures I just read, would you consider those radical? How many of you would consider those pretty radical? Raise your hand. How about if Jesus never intended them to be radical, but the absolute norm? Normal followers, Christians of Jesus, the norm. The title of this sermon this morning is Pack Your Coffin. The series is called 
all in. There's another series that I've came across on TV before called the World Series, and it catches my eye, and it sometimes gets me to hesitate for a moment, World Series, because I, I think as World Series as baseball, but then I click on it, and it's not baseball, it's actually poker. How many of you ever come across ESPN World Series poker? Raise your hand. That's it? Just try that again. You've seen that on... Good, good. I'm I'm like the only one been... Okay. So ESPN World Series poker, I heard of a story of two guys at it, and all of a sudden, the bid is about over $10 million, and they both push in their chips to the center, they both went all in. My question to you for today and this series, not just today, but this entire series, is have you ever pushed your chips all in for Jesus? Are you all in. I say that because I think that you in this series have to make a decision. You have to make a choice of rather if you've pushed in or you haven't. You see, Jesus pushed in all of his chips for you. Jesus became a man, stepped out of heaven, Jesus took on our sin, took it to the cross that we sang about today because Jesus was all in. He didn't keep a few thousand dollars worth of chips or even a few million dollars worth of chips. Jesus pushed them all in the center because Jesus is an all-in God. And the one thing that he asked in return is that you be all in, including me. Today, I might be communicating, but I'm preaching to myself too. All in. The fall series is not about entertainment. I'm not trying to entertain you. It's not about another teaching or even conviction. I pray that there is a teaching and there is a conviction, but I believe that there's a decision you have to make if you're a follower of Jesus. And the decision is, am I all in? Can you be a follower of Jesus, come to church 52 times a year, call yourself a Christian, and not be all in? And I would say yes. And I would say that Jesus doesn't want to leave us there. I believe that Jesus is calling us today to be all in for the all in all, the Lord of all. It requires a decision. For Peter... The all-in was a step out of the boat. Come. For the disciples, the all-in was follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. For Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the all-in was I'm not going to bow to your dumb idol king. Everyone has an all-in moment. What is your all-in moment? For Peter, it was the boat, it was the water, for, there's other ones, Jonathan. It was for Jonathan, it was climbing a cliff or a mountain. Him and his armor bearer, two people who went at, uh, 
maybe hundreds of people picking a fight for the Philistines. It was their all-in moment. For David, it was on the battlefield when Israel was scared spitless, but David looked at the army of Israel and said, Is there not a cause? Man, I'm all in. Are you all in? We all have all in different types of moments. For Abraham, it was his son, his only son, that he put out on an altar and was going to sacrifice him. But God supplied a ram, but it was an all-in moment. For Joshua, it could have been where he said, come on, we're going into the promised land. Each of us have these all-in moments. The one-way missionaries, what they did was they purchased a one-way ticket with no return. Instead of packing their clothes into a suitcase, they packed their few belongings into a coffin. They aborted the ship, waved goodbye to all their friends and family, knowing that they would never see them again. They have a ticket of no return. One of the missionaries was a guy named A.W. Milne. He was going to the South Pacific Islands to a specific group of people that every missionary that had went there so far had gotten their heads cut off. They were headhunters. Every missionary that had went had died a martyr. So A.W. packed his stuff in his coffin and he went and he had no fear of dying because he was already dead, already dead to self, and alive to Christ. When you want to be fully alive, die to self, and alive to Jesus only, and then you'll experience life probably for the very first time of being fully alive, not controlled by fear. He left, waved goodbye to all his friends and family, not fearful, 35 years he lived among this tribe. 35 years. When he passed away, they buried him right in the middle of the village. And they put a tombstone at his burial, and it said this. When he came, there was no light. When he left, there was no darkness. The beauty of being all in. The impact that you can have. That's not just for A.W. Melanie. It's not just for Joshua, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's not for Jonathan or just for David. It's for every person that is a believer in Jesus Christ, a follower of Christ. He calls us to be all in. Mark Batterson, in the book called all in, which I'm reading right now, very, very powerful book. Matter of fact, I listened to about eight or nine chapters on, on the other day on the computer. Uh, he says this, Jesus didn't die to make us safe. Jesus died to make us dangerous. Where we came up with a safe church in America is a America mindset culture. It's not a Christian Jesus cultural idea. Are you all in? I believe that the number one enemy 
for me and you to be all in is not the devil, not a third of the angels that was kicked out of heaven who are now demons. I think the number one enemy of me and you of being all in is this thing called self. Selfishness, self-centeredness, self, self, self. There's a country music. I don't listen to a lot of country music, but there's one song that kind of stands out to me. It's all about me. It's all about my. It's all about me. Oh me. Oh I. And all. A lot of a lot of us can live with an eye disease. It's all about I. It's all about me. Listen, selfishness is sinfulness. And God wants us to be, listen, Christ-centered. When a baby is born, I hear a little baby right now. When a baby is born, how many know that the whole world revolves around that baby? I just had a little infant in my hand a while ago, just a pretty little baby. Just everything revolves around that baby. I remember when Seth was born. Seth was, uh, he was a big baby. He was bald-headed. His head was about as big as the rest of his body. He had the biggest cry in the entire hospital. It was very undeniable. All the other babies, he would cry. But what was very unique, for my point here, of that everything revolves around your babies. Anybody ever been like that before? Your little babies? It's all about your little babies, right? Well, uh, at night... Seth would end up a lot of times sleeping with us, or most of the time. And Radine went to the doctor one time and told the doctor, hey, Seth, in the middle of the night, sometimes he just kind of quits breathing for a little bit. And, you know, it kind of wakes me up. And the doctor goes, how do you know that he quits breathing in the middle of the night? She says, well, I sleep with my hand on his chest. The doctor's like, get that baby out of your bed. <laughs> right? babies you know sometimes revolves around them jamie was quite opposite of seth jamie just cried kind of like this had a little like a little bird and when we heard that little i guarantee you we would bolt out of the bed because everything revolves around our little babies how many parents have been in that boat before amen I say that because the majority of you are no longer little babies. You've been born again, reborn. If you're not, we'd love to pray for you today about being born again, reborn, or second birth. Because when you become reborn or born again or second birth, the world no longer revolves around you. You exist to reach your world. Do you mind if I lovingly kick your teeth in this morning? Can, can I do that in love? Speak the truth in love? Just Tell your neighbor right now, it's not about you. Some of you have been wanting to tell your teenage daughter that, huh? <laughs> tell your other neighbor, tell your other neighbor or the same neighbor, you're not the center of the universe.
Doesn't that feel good? You might need to tell yourself that this morning. How many of you have ever saw, sing, uh, sang the song, Jesus be the center of it all. Jesus be the center of it all. From beginning to the end, you always be, always be the center. How many of you have ever heard that or sang that before? Is that true in your life? Is it just a song? Or is it a song that represents the truth in your life? Do we seek Jesus number one? Is he number one in your life? Or is he number two? Or is he number three? Or is he number four? Is he 10th? Is he 75th? Or is he 200th? Where is Jesus in your life? You can only answer that. I look upon the appearance. You may look like Jesus is number one. God looks upon the heart. He's the one that can only weigh out your heart. Where is he at on that scale? Do you Facebook more than you seek his face? Do you text more than you're in the text? This right here, I thought this was so good for today that uh, the interns are doing this through the year Bible reading. I read one of the first chapters this morning. I'm not saying I'm committing to this. I may. I have a passionate four that I normally do. I don't, I don't do it every day, but sometimes I'm studying. But I just thought this was very, very good. If you've not read through the Bible, that this would be something beautiful for you to pick up and take home with you today because maybe that would help you in the, in the whole spirit of being all in. When you're born again, you die to self, alive to Christ, dead to self, and to sin. It's no longer about you being the center of the universe, but it's about each one of us reaching the world around us. Listen to this. If you want to have a wonderful life, a wonderful marriage, a wonderful relationship with God, this is what you do. You dethrone self and enthrone Jesus in every area of your life. In your business, if Jesus is not the number one in your business, oh, you may prosper for a while, but you may also be miserable. He's got to be number one. He's a consuming fire. He's a jealous God. I think that God's calling us to go all in for the all in all as we go through this series. The kingdom of God, I don't know if you've ever noticed it. If you haven't, I'll be the first one to tell you the kingdom of God is upside down compared to the kingdom of the world. If you look at the scriptures, even some of the ones that I read and the whole lot more that I didn't read, if you want to gain, you lose. If you want to lose, you gain. If you want to be last, be first. If you want to be first, be last. Love your enemies. Do good to those who persecute you. It's upside down. Uh, keep, you lose. Give, you receive. We live as a believer in an upside down kingdom called the kingdom of God. In John chapter 4, I thought it was just a very unique story that Jesus is out 
ministering to a woman uh, at the well, and I won't go into it. I just thought it was a very beautiful picture of being all in all and how Jesus lived his entire life of being all in all, the impact he had upon a life because he was all in. He's ministering to a woman. The disciples are gone. They're going to buy some lunch. They come back looking for him. They talk about lunch. And he goes, my food is to do do the will of the Father. I mean, just his mindset was different. He's talking to a woman that he shouldn't be talking to. He's in a nation that he shouldn't be in. And all of a sudden, he's in it because he's all in. He talks to this lady, reads her mail, tells prophetically tells her her past all of a sudden she gets totally touched by the power of the holy spirit she goes and takes this message to samaria samaria is now turned upside down people getting saved left and right why because jesus was all in the impact of living a life of all in it's not just for jesus it's for you and i some of you are getting water baptized today That's a beautiful first step in being all in. Why? Because water baptism isn't just a, it's not about cleaning you. It's not about getting the funk off of you from yesterday. Water baptism is about burying you. Burying you in the the tomb of Jesus Christ and you coming out of the waters of burial into resurrection life of Jesus Christ. If you haven't been water baptized today, I challenge you, go all in. Go all in. It's a beautiful, beautiful first step. I want to read to you what I just titled this, The Company of the All-In. These are the 12 disciples, even Matthias, who took the place of Judas, who hung himself, 12 disciples, and how they passed from this life to the next life. And I think you'll catch the spirit of why I call it the company of the all-in. James the Greater thrust through with a sword. Luke hung by the neck from an olive tree in Greece. Thomas, the one that we used to call doubting, no longer doubting, because if he was doubting, he wouldn't have died this way, pierced with a pine spear, tortured with red-hot plates, and burned alive. Philip tortured and crucified. Why was on the cross? He continued to preach. Matthew stabbed in the back in Ethiopia. Bartholomew flogged to death in Armenia. James thrown off a temple in Jerusalem, fell a hundred feet, didn't kill him, so they beat him to death with clubs. Simon the Zealot crucified. Judas Thaddeus beaten to death by sticks. Matthias stoned to death. That wasn't bad enough. Beheaded also. Peter crucified upside down because he asked to be. John... The beloved was the only one that died of natural causes. The only reason why he died of natural causes is because they threw him in a pot of boiling oil and it didn't kill him. And they sent him out to exile in an island called Patmos where he writes revelations. Many of our risks today of following Jesus, in my opinion, seem to be tame and lame according to what the disciples 
went through. And I tell you what, I don't want to live tame and lame. I want to bring fame to the name of Jesus Christ. And I think the only way that we're going to bring true fame to the name of Jesus Christ is the message has not changed. The cross has not changed. The Great Commission has not changed. Nothing has changed. Paul writes this about himself. Paul writes about this guy who wrote about half of the New Testament. Paul writes about himself. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And by the way, I don't know if you know how Paul passed on, but Paul himself was tortured and beheaded. How many of you remember the song, Hokey Pokey? How many of you ever been at a skating rink and you did the Hokey Pokey? Stand up with me. We're going to do the hokey pokey this morning. How many of you remember the hokey pokey? Raise your hand. Boy, that's the majority. We're not going to do the whole thing. I just want to make a very, very important spiritual. It's going to get spiritual. You put your right hand in. You take your right hand out, you put your right hand in, and you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself about. That's what it's all about. Let's skip the other hand. Let's go to the foot. You put your right leg in, you take your right leg out, you put your right leg in, and you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself about. That's what it's all about. Let's do the head. You put your head in, you take your head out, you put your head in, and you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself about. That's what it's all about. Now, think about what you're just saying. How many of us are living a hokey pokey Christian life? So I rewrote the end of the song. You ready? I'll, I'll sing it and then you can join with me. We'll sing it together. You put your all in. You leave your all in. You put your all in. And you pray all about. You preach the gospel of Jesus and you turn the world upside down. That's what it's all about. You ready? You ready? Here we go. You put your all in. You keep your all in. You put your all in. And you pray all about. You preach the gospel of Jesus. And you turn the world upside down. That's what it's all about. Come on. No more. You can be seated. No more stinking hokey pokey Christianity. Time to pack your coffin. I want to give you four points of strategy for all in. You ready? Number one, don't get comfortable. Number two, stay uncomfortable. Number three, Jesus didn't die to make you comfortable or safe. 
Number four, live a life of conviction and not comfort. Got that? Mark Batterson, who wrote the book All In, I thought it found it very, he kind of kicked my teeth in too, hallelujah. He said, as a pastor, he comforts the afflicted. That sounds pretty good as a pastor, right? He comforts the afflicted. But this is where he kind of kicked my teeth in. He said, but I afflict the comfort. If you're comfortable in this series, you might get a little afflicted. Is that okay? You got, do I have your permission to do that? In closing, I want to talk to you about someone each week in this series. It could be someone that's all in. It could be someone that's not all in. Today, I want to talk to you about a guy. His name is Noah, who was all in. Genesis 6, 6 says this. And the Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth. And he was grieved in his heart. Think about that for a minute. What a heartbreaker. What a heartbreaker. God himself is sorry. He repent that he ever made man. If you don't think God has uh, feelings, I have a word for you. God has major feelings. In this, the Bible says he's grieved in his heart. Has anybody ever lost a loved one before? You know, we had two memorial services, two celebration services this week here in this facility, Friday and Saturday, and people were grieving. Grieving is a very, very distressful emotion. God was grieved because of the condition of man. If you don't think your sin and my sin affects God, I got news for you. It grieves him. It grieves the Holy Spirit. And he was sorrow, sorry that he ever made man. So he went to, to Noah and he said this in verses 13 and 14. God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me. The earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them uh, with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. The ark that Noah made, I want you to now... Step into the foot, the sandals of Noah. You're, just kind of walk with me through it just for a moment. Noah builds a boat, and the boat is a football field and a half long. Now, there has not even been rain on the earth. The moisture has come up through the earth. The heavens has not been open with rain, and he builds an, a, a boat, a, 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 a football field and a half. I think it was many, many, many hundreds of years that we would ever even build another boat this big in all of humanity. What if Noah does not go all in? What if Noah doesn't build the boat? Well, if you haven't figured it out, humanity is finished. You would not be here. We would not be having church. Now apply this to your life. Apply it to your life. Rick, Sally, Jill, whoever you are, apply it to your life. What if you don't go all in? What if you decide not to go in? What kind of impact is that going to have? I remember uh, DeGarmo and Key had a song. I don't want to live, I don't want to be a casual Christian. How many of y'all remember that? I don't want to live, I don't want to live a lukewarm life. Back in the 80s. How many of you remember that? I'm not that old, right, huh, bro? 
Imagine you building a boat and it had never rained. Imagine your neighbors. You got a boat the size of a, a football and a half field. Uh, you build it all up on your property and your neighbors are not, now you're Noah and they're walking by going, Noah, man, you have lost your mind, brother. You crazy, man. You build a, what is, what is a flood? What is rain? Why are you building this thing? And plus he builds it from some say 75 years to 120 years. You are being absolutely ridiculed by your neighbors because you're building a boat. And, and tradition says this. Tradition says that he planted the trees, watched them grow, harvested the trees, and used the trees that he planted to build the boat. Now, how could you ever do that, J.O.? Well, you lived to 70, 80 years old. He lived to be over 900 years old. He was 600 years old when he got on the boat. So he could, after 100 years, harvest the tree. It's not biblical. It's just what tradition. Another thing that uh, uh, tradition or scholars say is that he had 45,000 animals on the boat. Let me give you a, a good feel for that so you can feel that this morning. The San Diego Zoo has 4,500 animals. The boat has 10 San Diego zoos on it. 10. They said that Noah really struggled sleeping. He hardly ever slept. They said he passed blood. I don't know what exactly that meant. He was sick at times. I think it was because of having 10 zoos. You're living with 10 zoos. This wasn't easy, man. He builds a boat for, you know, around 100 years, and then now he's going to live on a, a boat with 45,000 animals, 10 zoos on it. Can you imagine the stress that, that put on his mar marriage? His wife, his wife, are you? Man, it ain't like having a, a strange family over. 45,000 zebras. Bull elk bugle in the middle of the night. Peacocks. Those things are so obnoxious. Dogs barking. What if he doesn't go all in? What if you don't go in? Well, J.O., I'm not called to build an ark. I think you're called to build a New Testament ark. You know what the New Testament ark is? It's the church. People can come into the church, the body of Christ, and they can be safe. We need each other, the community, the fellowship. When we're built together, when we're linked together, you have something that I need, I have something that you need. Guess what happens when we're all healthy, growing together? You'll be part of a healthy body, and you'll just automatically get healthy. If your little pinky is connected to a healthy uh, body, your little pinky is going to be healthy and safe. But if you cut off that little pinky and put it in there in my office, that little pinky will stink, it will get rotten, and eventually you won't be able to put that little pinky back on that body. We have an ark that we're building today that can save many, many lives. The captain is Jesus Christ. He's the God of the boat. And you are called, me and you are called, to bring people into the ark in this day and time. There was a day where Jesus shut the door of that ark and no man could get on it. But now, 
believe me, there's a door that God opens that no man can shut. And he's done that. And he says, all you need to do, if you're a non-believer in here today, all you need to do is knock and he's going to open up and he's going to walk right into your heart and transform your life forever. What if you don't go all in? Could you affect friends and family members? Will humanity be affected by you? Will people not get into heaven because of you? You say, jail, that's heavy, man. Was that not heavy on Noah? Did God not use Noah? God uses you because he has no one else. God uses you because he needs you. God doesn't need you. God needs you. God's chosen to need you. Will you allow him to use you as you push the chips into the middle? There's two types of sin, sin of commission. Most, we kind of hang out in the church with sin of commission. Sin of commission is like, hey, man, I saw you coming out of the bar. You did something wrong. You looked at porn. It's something that you did do. Sin of commission is something that you do. We usually camp out on sin of commission in the church. Did this, did that, did that, did that. But there's also the sin of omission. Sin of omission is what you don't do. Sin of omission is not touching people's life when God tells you to or reaching out or doing what you know you should do. We don't usually talk about the sin of omission. We usually talk about the sin of commission. But both is sin. Amen? God wants you and me. I preach to myself today, believe me, to push them all in. I close with this. When you live a life of all in, I believe every little thing we do can impact the world around us. I'm glad that different folks are going to Ethiopia tomorrow. Praise God. You don't have to go to Ethiopia to impact your world. There was a young man walking down the beach, and that the night before, the, 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 the high tide brought in all the starfish, and the starfish were going to die if they didn't get back into the water. Early in the morning, the young man is picking up starfish, and he's throwing them in the water. A man walks up to him, an older gentleman, says, man, what are you doing? He says, I'm saving starfish. Man, look at all those starfish. There's hundreds of starfish. You could never have, you could never impact all those starfish. You, you could never touch, you can rescue all those starfish. And he, he picks up one starfish, throws it in the water. I saved that one. When you're all in, you can make a difference. My question to you in this series, not just today, my question to you is, will you push all the chips in? Will you not be saving some for yourself? Will you push the chips in? He did it for you. Will you do it for him? That's a question, I think, a decision that you'll have to make in this series. I don't mean to run you away. I don't mean to kick your teeth in too hard. But I think it's what Jesus calls us to do.